Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. D-O-D-45 Already we find ourselves at episode 75 of the DOD 45 show. I'm shocked we've gone this far and I'm thankful, good to be thankful on our Thanksgiving episode. I'm thankful for our guest this week, former UPW and WWE wrestler, head instructor at Ultimate University, K101 and Pride Fighter, actor and significant other to WWE Raw star and NXT tag team champion, Zoe Stark. All these accolades, and he happens to be my cousin, it is Tom Howard. We have such a great conversation with Tom. He's got some of the greatest stories, and he doesn't shy away from sharing them with us on this Thanksgiving episode where I draw him a detailed hand turkey. You know those hand turkeys we used to draw in elementary? Well, since this episode drops on the eve of Thanksgiving, y'all should gather around the TV with pens and paper, draw along, and listen to our discussion while Tom recalls his experiences with training legendary wrestlers like John Cena and Samoa Joe, his MMA match with the Korean Colossus, getting in the ring with Eric Butterbean, training Jack Black on the set of Nacho Libre, fighting former WWE wrestler and Australian actor Nathan Jones on the set of Ong Bak franchise film The Muay Thai Giant. Smiles and stories aplenty, plus heaps of Tom mentions, including Tom Hardy, Tom Hanks, Tom Green, Tom Selleck, Tommy Lee Jones, Tom Cruise, Tom Brady, and Tom Terrific Seaver. It's our Thanksgiving episode, and in the following intro discussion between myself and Adrian, I give thanks to people who've helped keep the DOD 45 show going. I'm thankful to you as the audience, and I'll take this opportunity to tell you to check out Vast Air of Cannibal Ox's latest releases produced by Liquid Nails on Thanksgiving Day. Why, you ask? Because I did the artwork that you've been seeing posted on social media. That's why. So speed up the process of shoving the stuffing up the turkey, put the pumpkin pie in the fridge, shave the heels of your feet, loosen up that belt, and get ready for this Wednesday, 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 episode 75 of the DOD 45 show with Tom Howard. Peace. D-O-D 45. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Tonight, it's our Thanksgiving episode, and thanks to you, Adrian, for your big idea, we're going to be having uh, a chat with Tom Howard, my cousin, and somebody that you're going to want to stick around to hear from. And he just happens to be your cousin. He just happens to be my cousin. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, hey, everybody, let's just chat with my cousin. Right. No, that's what I I was saying. a name for himself. Yeah, he's led a pretty exciting existence. (laughs) And being that one of our staple questions on this show is, who is your favorite professional wrestler? Tom's a great guest because he's got genuine insight into that world. Um, but before we get before we do that, since this is a Thanksgiving episode, I'll do a quick few things I'm thankful for. And nothing too cheesy, just uh, just some shout outs uh, that have to do with our show. So I'm not going to go on along like, thanks, mom and dad, yada, yada, yada. Um, but uh, yeah, the first thank you is to uh, Adrian, to you, <laughs> for being the enabler on this show. Since... This isn't really a show you signed up for. Yeah. 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 So you're quite a team player to I sure show am. up and stick around for it. But yes, thank you, Adrian. I genuinely appreciate it. <laughs> and I'm sure the audience, our regular audience, appreciate it too. I'm, I'm sure they do. Well, yeah, because without your 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 uh, enabling this and and being willing to do it probably wouldn't happen. So 
I'm actually not enab- enabling it. Oh, well. I have been against it the whole time. I know, but then every time I'm like, well, you don't have to do it anymore. When did you say that? I oh. tried to quit five times. Oh, all right. Well, people don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, you, you can. You don't let me. I don't want you to. I like to have conversations with you. Um, uh, also, thanks to our audience who continue to watch the show and share it with the others. Thank you to St- Sage Francis. He was our first guest. And thank you to him for that. And thank you for his continued support on and being a part of the show. Um, I also want to thank, uh, give thanks to Mr. Dibbs for his continued involvement with our show and for reaching out to me after our first recording with Atmosphere. He I called, think they call it now giving flowers. Oh, giving I flowers? Don't think you I don't, don't. want to do that. I don't like that. I don't like the giving flowers. Good. Can you, let's try it this way. And I'd like to give flowers to Mr. Dibbs for. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, after the atmosphere episode, he called me right after. And then, uh, we, why? I don't know why you guys decided it was a dumpster fire. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. Dumpster fire means it bad. It's bad. Does it? Cause I feel like dumpster fire means, and what you're talking about just for context is that's how, what we were calling the last episode with Mr. Dibbs and Brett Fullerton. But I, when I think of dumpster fire, I think like a train wreck as well. That's not never a good thing. No, but you like you can't. You have to watch. It's like enthralling. Well, I don't really know. Okay. When I think anyway, of dumpster fire, sorry, I think a lot. You of were a lot saying, happening. but you guys just mentioned that. I heard. I overheard heard him on the phone with you, and you both said, "Oh, dumpster fire, dumpster fire." Oh, mm. I didn't think so. Yeah, a I dumpster it fire. Out okay. It was. I was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I think it was a lot of people's favorites. I had nightmares after that episode. After looking up all those <laughs> pictures. <laughs> Well, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I don't. Maybe I misused the term dumpster fire. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, so after Dibs called me after that first episode, that was three years ago. That episode with oh, atmosphere. That episode. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. He called me right after that episode. And then you guys have been on speed speed dial, and we we formed a real uh, a friendship that I'm that I'm I'm happy about. I've, uh, yeah, it's been fun. You don't like it when I call him your boyfriend? No, it's silly. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, yeah, it's Who's just Who's that on the phone with? Oh, his boyfriend. Yeah, that's silly. I don't know. I, yeah, that's just, I don't know. That's like, <laughs> anyway. Um, also, thanks to Alexander Brown. Uh, he reached out to me initially to design the Glow Kid album cover. And I think that that was really the, the start of my initiation into the Strange Famous Family. So, um yeah, and he, I don't I don't think that that was even um, approved of for album cover. <laughs> I think he just reached out to me to do his album cover and then well, that's what an artist should do though. Yeah, but I mean it was on the on the strange famous record label, so I you know, usually you have to clear things with the label and I don't I don't know that anything there. I just don't think initially I don't think it was cleared with the label and they kind of found out, "Oh, I guess this guy Ty's doing the label, and then now we're your friends with Strange Famous uh, Records and um, all the family there. So, um, I also want to give big thanks to everyone, everyone in the in the Strange Famous family. And uh, big, let me hand you some flowers. <laughs> and thanks to all the past guests, and even more thanks to the guests who've continued to remain friendly to us, because a lot of guests just come on and never hear from them again. They never. 
and that's fine. That's I, I don't expect it, but I but I want to give even bigger thanks to those uh, guests who've continued their friendships with us. Um, how about you? You have any thanks you want to give? I know I asked you about that the other night, and you're like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not thankful for anything. <laughs> you just don't want to do that. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'll pass. Um, all right. Well, we'll go into a few things, but I but also I did want to say that I I have been pretty down on um, social media recently. It's about uh, time. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. It just I don't know. I'm like. I'll open it to see if I have messages because I do a lot of my messaging through there. And I'm just like, I don't even want to be in this. Oh, yeah. I know. It's crap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. There's, I like to see what everybody's up to. And if you can. Of. Yeah. If you can. That's the problem. It's like become like now it's like all these ads, suggested posts. I know I can snooze the suggested posts, but. But it seems like it doesn't actually snooze them for 30 days or 30 days goes by way fast. Yeah. And I'm and and like I'm seeing a lot of just boring posts from I don't know I don't know I don't even like going in there. That's all I do is post boring things. <laughs> well, then you're one of the ones that I hate seeing your post. <laughs> just kidding. I only post. Oh, here's a river. Here's a leaf. <laughs> yeah, but see, there's a that, bug, and that's different. That's yours is your per, yours is a personal page for your family and friends. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not even just that. Yeah, it's just like a constant. I don't. I don't know. It's just really. I've been quite down on it for for the last couple of weeks. So, I, I don't know. I this morning I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll just go away from it for a while. I've heard people do that. It's not like I'm addicted. I'm not addicted to it at all. Anyway, I just get on there and post things about art by Ty. But yeah, I don't know. It's just been a. It's, that's what you call a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's true. But that's what I mean. That's what a dumpster fire is. You can't look away. Like it's just all kinds of shit happening, and you, uh, you're like, can't look away. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, on the lighter side, something I'm really excited about the the movie The Fall Guy. I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast quite a bit, but yeah, The Fall Guy was one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and it uh, starred Colt. Sounds clumsy. Colt Seavers. Well, what the movie Fall Guy? Yeah, it's he's a he's a stuntman. Falls all day. No, well, yeah, because he falls for his job. He's a stuntman. Um, but yet, uh, I one time when we were making our my very first movie twice today, I'll keep this short. But we were trying to get Colt Seavers to be in it, <laughs> and his name's not Colt Seavers. Shit, that's his. Is that his name in the Fall Guy? Yeah, what's his real name? Oh man, I, I'd help you. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh my gosh, Google. Well, no, that's all right. We don't, I don't. That's not even something I was going to get into. But yeah, Fall Guy movie. I'm looking forward to that. That's got. Oh, it's uh, a movie. Well, was from it, a TV? It, show. it was a TV show when I was a little kid. It was out mm. with the A Team. It was like the A Team, and he drove a big truck, and it was just like oh, yeah, Night Rider. That might be good. Well, guess who's going to be in it? That mm. that guy, that really pretty dude, <laughs> Ryan. Seacrest? Gosling. Oh. It's Ryan Gosling and then that real pretty... Uh, okay, I'll watch it. Emily Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's going to be probably pretty silly and shitty, but but also really great. So, anyway. All right, okay, speaking of movies, let me do my movie share real quick. Oh, so, that wasn't it? Uh-uh. Um, this, this movie share is, uh, because it's, this is our Thanksgiving episode, um, this is a movie, it's a, it's a, the 1995 movie called Home for the Holidays. I watch mm-hmm. it every single year. 
uh, it's directed by Jodie Foster, and it's got That's a, a good great cast. Yeah, um, Holly Hunter goes back. She plays the main character. Uh, she goes back home to her home in Baltimore with her family. She's from Chicago, but she flies back home for Thanksgiving uh, for a holiday dinner which uh, with her dysfunctional family and uh, dysfunctional with a capital D. <laughs> I don't know. It seems pretty much like Actually, every... That's true because, <laughs> yeah, I started learning how <laughs> the dysfunction is quite normal. But, yeah, if, if you have any inkling of dysfunction in your family, I don't know how you could watch this movie and not get a kick out of it because it's, yeah, you can go like, oh, that's my aunt so-and-so or that's my... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Claire Danes plays uh, Holly Hunter's daughter. Uh, Steve Gutenberg's in it. Do you know who Steve Gutenberg is? He's fly. No, he was the main guy in uh, Police Academy. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Uh, the white guy? Yeah. he He's... um. He plays her douchey brother-in-law in the in, Ooh, that's in that him. movie. Yeah, and then uh, her aunt's played by this actress uh, Geraldine Chaplin, and she's yeah, she's kooky. Uh, her parents are uh, played by Charles Durning, who's awesome, and Anne Bancroft is her mom. Uh, those guys are great in it. Uh, it's a really endearing kind of movie. It's kind of cool that it's, it's really the funny. kooky aunt instead of the kooky uncle. Uncle, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, she's got a kook. Well, her brother. Uh, um, who plays her brother? Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. plays her gay brother. And then um, her love interest is played by, uh, what is that dude's name? Like Matthew McDermott. Matthew mm-hmm. McDermott? Is that? Yeah. Shit. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think you should go watch it. It's a great holiday show. And I, like I said, we watch it every year. It's really funny. And it never gets old to me. No, that one is one that doesn't get old, oddly enough. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's performances are great, and it's a really you know good what's so movie. good about a holiday movie like that. Yeah, is that it's predictable, and it's not you don't have to answer for it. Your kooky and your kooky relatives in real life, you can yeah. just watch it on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> you don't well, actually have to be there in real life. Well, and Jodie Foster's no slouch, so you know. I mean, she's been in the business forever, so. I mean, she directed that in 1995. Anyway. All right. Here's my song share. Um, uh, This is a little bit different. Uh, I've never, I've never, we have never on the show asked for submissions ever. Um, But uh, I do like the initiative that people take. So people have been sending us their music. Oh. Yeah. uh, And I'm a sucker for it. Where? Through the DOD45.com website. Mm -hmm. People have been oh, submitting it to the email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ty at DOD45.com, I think, is what... Well, there, anything that goes to DOD45.com, but... Butthole? No. Uh, so anyway, I'm a sucker for anyone who's created something from nothing. And also, uh, I know what the feeling is like reaching out to people to ask them to be a part of like whatever you're promoting. I haven't had to do that much with my art recently just because of where we've gotten in my career but with this show i found myself back in that world of kind of reaching out to people trying to get guests you know doing all that shit it's it's a grind and it's never fun um it's also kind of leaves you it's like a vulnerable situation um because you're putting yourself out there and you never know if anyone even sees your messages or emails and so anyway i'm empathetic to that um and I got these a couple of these submissions a few weeks ago, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with them. I was probably just going to say, ah, oh, thanks for sending, or I wasn't even going to say anything. But recently, I just thought, you know what? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can do something with those. Uh, any hint of 
progress when you're in a situation like that when you're reaching out to people like hey listen to my music or here's this um any sort of progress that you get from that from reaching out to people uh feels great so i want to feed into these people's grind and their aspirations we're nobody uh but it still feels good to get a shout out from nobody so here are a few people who submitted their music to us i say check them out um it may be something you're into uh, i don't vouch for any of them they're just songs that showed up rude well i'm not gonna i don't know what if they're you know like so-and-so murdered whatever you know i just oh. I, I don't want to i don't vouch for them as people or who they are not vouch maybe that was the wrong word i don't know much about them they submitted their music to us and i feel like i'll share it with you if it's something you like then you can dig deeper into them the first song is uh from a guy named vincent shackleford aka lyrical and his latest song that uh is titled it's still there featuring dedrick we'll play you a little bit of it and then you can go into there if it's something you like i'm trying to heal from this trauma and the pain that i feel inside but it's like it never gonna change pain in my heart and it's hard to explain people see the fame but they don't know my pain i'm trying to heal but it's hard to sustain living with this pain man it's driving me insane lost myself it's hard to deal with the loss sometimes feels I was telling Nale that I was going to do this this morning and I was, Nale is our daughter, and I was thinking well, I, I will just say like th these songs, they're not typically the the my genre of music that I listen to but that doesn't matter, I'm, I'm very stuck on my underground hip hop music and stuff like that but it might be something that you're into, but I was telling her I was going to say that and she's like well you don't even need to say that <laughs> what do you think? Keep going. Okay uh, then there's this, uh, there's um, the South African hip hop artist E Random, E period Random. It's like one word, I think. E Random. Uh, his music was sent to us by Legit Music Group, and here's a track called Deja Vu, or no, his this track called Deja V. Come and ride up in my, be my, you know, say me, I want you, baby, forever. Shorty, back up, back up, back up. It's your figure, it's a killer. Come and ride up in my, be my, you know, say me, I want you. And then the last one is from Aboriginal, Indigenous, American, Indian recording artist, singer, songwriter, producer, business owner, entrepreneur, mental, Whoa. spiritual health advocate named Isn't Ian Christ. in um Australia? Yeah. Yeah. He's an Aborigine and Native American? Aboriginal, Indigenous, American, Indian recording artist. Yeah. Wow. Um, his name is Ian Christ, I-A-N Christ. And this track is called Devil's Advocate. Uh, on November 6, 2023, Devil's Advocate officially hit number one on the iTunes worldwide chart in the United Kingdom. Hmm. So here's his track, Devil's Advocate. <laughs> Yeah, pretty cool that people are sending us music. So, uh, yeah, check those out um, if you'd like. Whatever. <laughs> I I appreciate the fact that they the people that they've made their music and that they shared it with us. So, thank you guys for sharing your music with us. Um, I don't want to open floodgates for that, really, but I guess because I, I like to discover music on my own. But I guess if you well, maybe you will. Maybe you'll share. It. Maybe you'll share. It, maybe you won't. Yeah. There you, you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. And then real quick, a quote. 
Logic is not an applicable tactic against an individual who identifies as anti-anything. So there's a quote. I think that was actually something I wrote down in the... That's what you say every time. I know, but this in my notes, in my phone, I have just quotes. And usually if it was a quote I heard from somebody, I would write in the name, but not always. So what were you thinking when you wrote that? Well, I don't want to get into it, but I'm pretty sure that was right in the hype of elections and, you know, things like that. Okay, so what about you? What Do you have any song shares, Adrian? Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. What do you got? Well, first of all, I have to say I like Spotify, not Spotify, SoundCloud's algorithms. Oh, yeah. They're so much better than Spotify. But um, DJ Mayonnaise, or am I supposed to say Mayonnaise? <laughs> mayonnaise. <laughs> mayonnaise? No, I'm just, yeah. Is yeah. It, it's mayonnaise. Well, mayonnaise? DJ mayonnaise. Ma- or DJ Mayo. And you're doing that because in our episode with not yeah, but Mestizo. in my head I say mayonnaise. You don't. You like me say mayonnaise. In my head I say mayonnaise. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to say it now that Mestizo said we said it weird. Yeah, mayonnaise. <laughs> it's it's mayonnaise. It's the per- mayonnaise. correct enunciation. I spell surprise wrong. I don't realize that it's surprise. You do surprise. Yeah. Supper. Okay, continue. Um, Your track from uh, like, DJ Mayo, who is a original Anacon uh, producer. Uh, he has this really fun song, and I use it as a timer when I only have an hour. It's an hour long. I really like it, and I think it's older, but um, it goes through a bunch of artists that I recognize. I'm pretty sure Soul's in there. It's definitely Dose One, Portishead. There's some funky things, some kind of rock, rockish stuff, too. Um, it's called now. Now I don't know what it's called. It's EP dot. Is that EP or is that episode? Maybe yeah. What does that mean? Usually EP means episode, unless it's an EP like the album. Like you know, there's an album, seven inches, uh, an EP, an LP. But it usually is a capital E yeah. and then a P. So it's E capital E lowercase P That's dot. Sometimes means one thirty two. Yeah, episode one thirty two or and something. And it's yeah. DJ Mayonnaise and Friends. Nice on. It's on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. I don't know that it's on anything else. Yeah, but it's really fun, and I use it as a timer to get me. And then I, I get a little anxiety because um I know it's gonna end, and then I know my timer's up. <laughs> Well, good. We should have been running that for an hour because I've gone over. <laughs> well, let me do a quick intro of Tom in case we don't get to any of them. He's in the he's waiting. But all right. So listen here. This uh, our guest today is Tom Howard. He is my cousin, um, uh, uncle because he's older than me and in Samoan cultures, we, everyone that's older than you is your uncle or aunt. Um, he's a retired professional wrestler and actor. I'm going to cruise through these real quick because okay. he's in the waiting room. I know. Uh, he's best known for his Green, Ber- Green Beret role in K1 and Pro Wrestling Zero One Max in Japan. He was a wrestler instructor with WWF. And in fact, I'm pretty sure he did some training for John Cena. In 1996, he and Rick Bassman formed Ultimate Pro Wrestling. And he was the head instructor for the school Ultimate University and also began competing in the ring regularly for UPW. I'm pretty sure that's where he trained 
John Cena and a bunch of other high profile wrestlers. Uh, he was a kickboxing fighter in K1. He was a fighter in Cage Rage and in uh, the thing called IFL. And he did a ton of fighting and wrestling in Japan. He's been an instructor and actor in heaps of movies and is credited as an instructor to Jack Black for his role in Nacho Libre because in 1995 Tom was recruited to wrestle on a television on television in Mexico where he became a real popular wrestler wrestling for Asistencia Asioria y Administración Where's Chesky when we need him? I know as as a, his character is a KGB character mm. uh, he did that a lot in his wrestling career mm -hmm. Uh, he lived in Mexico for a couple of years wrestling on the AAA television show. In the 2005 K1 World Grand Prix, he fought a dude named Hong Man Choi, a.k.a. the Korean Colossus, uh, who was an absolute giant. And I'm not even exaggerating. I think that guy was seven foot two and was 400 pounds. And Tom's no slouch, but uh, Hong makes him look like a teenager in the ring, like a little kid. It's crazy. Uh, but uh, Tom gave him a run for his money. And it's a it's a gnarly fight. It's bloody as hell. Uh, in 2007, he fought Eric Butterbean uh, in the main event of the World Cage Championship in Jasper, Alabama. Butterbean's a giant man who knocked out Johnny Knox Knoxville in a department store in the in the first Jackass movie. Uh, he's massive. I think at one point Butterbean weighed like 550 pounds when he was fighting in his career. Um, he's done tons of other things. These are just some fun highlights that you, sh you could get online and check out through YouTube and stuff. Uh, Tom's also been in a long-term relationship with his girlfriend, Teresa, AKA Zoe Stark, who's having a huge time in her wrestling career. Mm -hmm. She's currently performing on the Raw, the WWE Raw brand. Um, she's a former NXT Women's Tag Team Champion, a one-time winner of Future Stars of Wrestling, and a two-time winner of the NWA UCW Zero Ultra X Championship. And in 2021, she made her WWE debut on NXT. So she, she's having a terrific time. In fact, they're in New York City right now. He's, I think, in a hotel room um, watching the cats while she's at a show. <laughs> um, so anyway, enough of ramblings from me. We haven't seen Tom. You and I haven't seen Tom for probably about five years, I would say. Yeah, it's been a minute. Or so. And I'm excited to talk to him. So uh, we'll just get out of here. Let's get right in. Or not get out of here. Let's, uh, let's, let's get in with, with, with uh, Tom. Hey, what's up, podcast world? This is AWOL1. And one of my favorite shows is DOD45 with Art by Ty. And today... You got Tom Howard. Don't be a coward. Listen to Tom Howard. He'll WW wrap his knuckles around your your skull and just squeeze and, and squeeze all the slime out of your ears. Tom Howard, badass Tom Howard. Yeah, check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing listen. D-O-D-45. This is the DOD 45 show, drawing over discussions 45 minutes with a special guest. Welcome. I'm your host and resident artist, Ty of Art by Ty, and with my co-host Adrian Taiwali'i, we're having conversations with people who I admire and am inspired by. On this episode, I'll set a 45-minute timer, put my pen to the paper, and we'll learn about our guest through an interview-style discussion. So stay right here with us to experience some laughs and maybe even learn a thing or two. D -O -D 45. 
Hey, so exciting. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, Tom. <laughs> Thank you, sir. How have you been? I've been good, man. Um, traveling. I'm in, uh, I did took a red eye to New York. I thought I was going to be in New York, and then we caught a flight to Ohio, and now I'm in Ohio. So uh, we have a show <laughs> here tonight. I travel with my wife. She's uh, wrestles in the WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, her name is Zoe Stark. So I travel with her. And um, it's a lot of fun. I do want to ask: Is it is it weird now being not the performer, like you're like the the backstage person? I mean, I know that's been the case for a while now, but yeah, it takes all the pressure off. Um, it does two things. Number one, I think I wasn't horribly present when I was a performer. I found, especially in Japan, I spent almost 15 years going back and forth to Japan. And every time I was in Japan, all I wanted to do was be home. And every time I was home, all I wanted to do is be back in Japan. So now that I'm not um, under the pressure, I'm able to see it for what it is. And I can really help her to um, absorb it and be present the entire time. Yeah. So. Do, do, is there somebody in the in the like, um, like, say, if you're wrestling for um, WWE or whatever, is there someone in that um, in the company or something that helps athletes deal with or like to do that stuff now or was there ever someone like that there definitely was not when i was there right <laughs> it was the wild west yeah wild west a lot a lot of drugs a lot of partying a lot of um alcohol it's entirely changed it's gotten very healthy now um and you've got a lot of great support uh system in place so you know they have the wrestlers that are agents that help out with the matches, they give advice. Um, it's just a really, it's, it's, it's really a positive environment now. So yeah, yeah it's entirely changed. That's good. Cause that's how you extend the, the careers of an athlete that if an athlete's making you big money, like that's how you extend their career, you know, keeping them healthy yeah. mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah. It's like we were talking about, I was talking with my, with my wife about it. It's like by the time someone becomes a Navy SEAL, the, the military has invested millions and millions of dollars in them. By the time you're in the main event in WWE, they've got millions of dollars invested in you and they want to see you succeed. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah. That's cool. Tony, uh, I have to apologize. I don't think I knew that you guys got married. So oh, I'm sorry. Congratulations. Oh. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, we have not involved the government in our marriage yet, but uh, okay, we are married. Okay, okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, we've been together for uh, 12 years now. We'll, we may involve the government one of these days, but we're not that big of fans. All right, well, we were just saying it's probably been like five years since we've seen you, so this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It, yeah, come to think of it, it was when I first moved to Utah, and that would have been – Let's see. You met Teresa before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, right when you guys were first. Oh, yeah. So it's probably even been longer. It would have been longer. I would, you're talking like 10, 11 years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how quick time have goes? We, have we not seen you at all since we, then? Yeah. yeah crazy. But time, go, time passes. Time's crazy. But we're here now, and that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to – so, again, welcome to our show called the DOD 45 Show. And yes. uh, thank you for joining us. And Adrian did bring My up pleasure. the point um, when I was saying, well, our guest today is uh, in our intro. I was saying our guest today is Tom Howard, who is my cousin. But we were, were having you on for both reasons because of uh, what you've accomplished in your uh, lifetime. And you also are a family member. And since it's a Thanksgiving episode, 
who better to spend time with than with your family. So, um, <laughs> all right. So for the, for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to draw you, I'm going to draw this picture for you. Um, and, uh, we'll have a little discussion. Okay. That's oh, awesome, man. Before I do it, uh, this did start, this whole show started as a, um, a way to celebrate people who've accomplished things to aspire to. Is there someone, um, a specific person or situation that inspired you to end up doing what you do now? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I can say a specific person, but, um, I can say that, uh, I got married at a young age, had kids at a young age, got a suit and tie job and realized that, uh, I was not going to be a good fit for that. And so I started driving hours to go to a pro wrestling school of all things. And, uh, and, you know, it took train for two years to do it. So um, I don't know that there was one person for say, as much as it was just me being motivated to find something bigger and better to do with my life than be normal, be, you know, just the, the nine to fiver. Yeah. So it was more of a situational thing that got you into what you, what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, and then you actually have a brother named Jerry. Uh, right. and did people ever crack jokes about that when you were growing up? Cause I don't know why, but oh. like, I never registered that it was Tom Me and Jerry neither. when I was growing up. I just never did. <laughs> I never thought yeah. about that either. Um, I think because Jerry was older as Jerry and Tom, it wasn't as common, mm. but yeah, I, I, I heard it here and there, yeah. but it wasn't like a, it wasn't a big thing. Right. You know, that's right. Cause it would usually in reference to you guys, it would have been Jerry and Tom. Mm. So it doesn't even, it doesn't ring like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start this timer and then I'll start drawing for you. Um, also just for your heads up, since this is a Thanksgiving episode, I'm going to draw one of those hand turkeys. Sweet. <laughs> you know, the ones that, uh, you used to draw back in school. Um, yes. Let me just shape out my hand. But while I do that, here's your first Sophie's Choice question, okay? Um, there are two actors who often play tough guys. But who'd win in a real MMA match, Tom Cruise or Tom Hardy? Uh, I'm going to say Tom Hardy, unless Tom Cruise could use his Scientology magic. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you aware that... Um, Hardy's been winning in uh, jujitsu matches. Matches, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a blue, yeah. he's a blue belt. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's why I say that's why I say that. Plus, he's just a, he just seems like a badass. He could draw on it more, draw on the uh, on the uh, you know energy more. Yeah, is 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 blue belt is blue belt like uh, is that good? I don't know anything about belts, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue's um, your second belt in jujitsu. Um, it's there's only jujitsu's only got five belts, so it's 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 like means you've you've done it for at least a couple of uh, say say three years, two or three years. Oh, is that is it? It's not based on, but it's based on your skill level. What what kind of belt you get, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about that stuff. I wish I yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. If someone if someone is a brown belt, they're pretty damn good, and if they're a black belt, they're pretty much expert. Uh, okay. Blue belt means they could pretty much kick anyone's ass on the street that unless they're trained. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tom Hardy's like, yeah, he, it's cool. I think that's pretty cool. Like he's actually putting himself out on there. Oh yeah. Did you take boxing at all or you were, you're box trained boxing. You did box training, right? Boxing. Yeah. 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 I did uh, boxing, kickboxing. And then I, I taught it for, for, for quite a few years. I used to own a gym uh, down in San Clemente. That was a kickboxing gym. 
as well. Were you, did you, um, get into it all because of our grandpa, our grandpa who gave a licking to the champion one ton champion, Gene Fulmer. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I remember hearing that story a million times as our grandfather, Bob Howard, the great Bob Howard, as he uh, started getting Alzheimer's, he would tell that story over and over and over. So I, we both heard it. I'm sure you heard it a hundred times. And, uh, and he, the, his joke was that he was a human punching bag and he knew, really knew how to take a punch. And, uh, I turned into the same thing in my <laughs> career, so, <laughs> but I always found it honorable just to be able to step out there and do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and like how many people actually get to do it. And, uh, that, that's the big thing. Well, that, that reminds, did you wrestle like in, in high school or anything? Cause it seemed like your yeah, whole family yeah, was wrestlers. Yeah. Right. We all wrestled. Um, we did freestyle Greco-Roman and what's called folk style, which is the um, regular high school style. And then we did the tournaments um, over the summer, you know, the, the summer league as well. Yeah. So I, I didn't do it in college. My brother, Kenny did it in college. He got a scholarship to BYU. Oh, wow. And uh, he was awesome. He was a t- big, yeah. strong, strong, strong human. Yeah, yeah, he still scares me. Um, he's, he's the one brother that I wouldn't really want to mess with. <laughs> um, weren't weren't you in a in a, an Ong, Ong Bak movie? Yeah, yeah, I, I did a movie uh, in Thailand. What it was was uh, one of my former students, uh, a guy named Nathan Jones, got hired to do a movie down there, and the, the all the Thai guys were t- too small. And he kind of de- semi-demanded that he bring in some of his own guys. So we got a phone call, and within a week, we were flown down to Thailand. And uh, I did an incredibly long fight scene where I got electrocuted. Um, and we did so many amazing things in this fight scene. Um, and, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. It was just the Ong Bok, Ong Bok people. Uh, it was called Som, uh, Somtom which is translated, uh, the English version was called Thai Giant. Yeah. Like in Blockbuster, you could go get it. It's called Thai Giant. Yeah, I remember watching it. What was your, what was, were you a military guy in that one or something? <laughs> yeah, just a standard thug. <laughs> was he, was he, he's legit, right? Oh, yeah, very legit. He, was from the movie Troy. If you remember in the opening scene, uh, the giant guy, oh, Boagrius. Yes. Who gets stabbed gets, from Brad Yeah, he gets stabbed. And then, of course, now in the Mad Max, the new Mad Max movies, he, he plays uh, one of the main characters in that as well. Uh, he's the one who brought me down. Um, we were only, funny enough, we were only supposed to be there for three weeks, and we ended up, they kept us there for almost two months. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. But it was that's a lot of fun. fun, man. Good times. I bet. Yeah, absolutely. You've uh, been everywhere. You have. Yeah. <laughs> like we, absolutely everywhere. Yeah. yeah, was going through. Um, yeah, I'm going to get to a bunch of uh, some things on here that I that I are like these highlights that I I definitely remember that I think people would have a, uh, get a kick out of checking out. Um, one cool. of the other things too that I think is really cool is um, uh, how how did the uh, the Nacho Libre gig come about? Uh, okay, so years ago, I did this training video series where I was training John Cena, uh, Samoa Joe, a bunch of the top um, wrestlers. Uh, we were development territory for WWE, and they the series 
was for sale at Walmart and it became like the top series. Matter of fact, to this day, when I go backstage at WWE, a lot of the wrestlers will say, man, that's the first, that's how I learned to wrestle from watching your videos. Oh, cool. So yeah, it turns out that the guy that the stunt coordinator, um, had heard that I was someone who was a wrestling instructor who had actually wrestled in Mexico. When I first started wrestling, I trained under a Lucha Libre stylist and, um, they were setting the, the Mexican company came to America to do a show in Los Angeles, Los Angeles at the LA sports arena. So I went with them to help set up the ring. And, uh, as soon as the owner of the company showed up, you know, he's the, my trainer says something in Spanish and he tells me jump in the ring and show him some stuff. So I jumped in the ring and did some twisty flippy wrestling stuff and, uh, didn't hear anything back. I gave him a little promo kit and then I got a phone call maybe, uh, a month later and they say, this guy says, Hey, uh, we'd like you to come down this weekend. We have a big pay-per-view and we want you to do your Russian character called KGB. We have a, uh, angle called Mexico contra el mundo, meaning Mexico versus the world. And so they had this, uh, Samoan guy who was playing a sumo wrestler. They had me <laughs> playing a, a KGB, uh, Russian, and they had a Mexican guy under a mask playing an American. <laughs> <laughs> and we fought all of the top Mexicans. Uh, and it was, it's hugely popular in Mexico. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's the backstory to that. What's the significant difference between that Lucha Libre wrestling and, and American wrestling? Okay, so they have, um, well, they have two out of three falls, which is uh, very interesting. They, Wait, when you say the falls, is that how many times? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So two out of three falls, meaning um, like that you don't just the match isn't over with just one uh, one pin. Right. So it's two out of three. Oh, OK. And so a lot of times they'll have, you know, and so they have um, they have the good guys and the, the they're called technicos and the bad guys are called rudos. And so the technicos might win the first match. The rudos might win the second match. And then the third match will be the big you know, the big, uh, uh, you know, face off and they don't have the same rules we do in that you don't have to tag. And there's sometimes four or five people on each side of the ring. And my first match there, I didn't realize, I didn't know that much about the specifics of it. Um, when I got there, I had trained the moves, but I had never done these matches. So the first match I was there, I was on TV in front of a massive audience and, um, the match went like 50 minutes and I was blown up tired after about 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> wow. So just suck and win the whole time, you know, and I could tell the, all the Mexican guys I was fighting were running from me because I just started stiffing them left and right. And, um, they didn't want to fight, you know, they're, they're trying to be professional. They don't want to fight. So they just like run from you the whole time. So it's it, pretty funny. Or do they, and does it, I guess, cause I haven't watched much of it. Um, but they don't, so a lot of, it seems like a lot of American wrestling is like size and big muscly thing. Uh -huh. Is that, but is that the case in Mexico or it no, seems like no, no. kind of it's, smaller it's acrobatic sort of acrobatic? Yeah. They call it spots and, uh, a spot is basically, uh, a little acrobatic routine, like a little Cirque du Soleil routine that you do back and forth. 
So whereas America, we will call a, a wrestling match based on basic psychology and then we'll do a lot of talking in the ring. They don't do that at all in Mexico. It's everything's pretty much planned out. Do they have storylines? Uh, they do have storylines. Yeah, but they're, they're very convoluted. And if mm. you ask almost anyone what the rules are, I've still never gotten a straight answer. Um, I, they, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of like um, the butcher's wife with the three blind mice. Like Pretty much. they're just kind of running circles around you and you're trying to. Get yeah. Them yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was there for two years and uh, I still never learned the rules, but I will tell you this, the people in Mexico believe that it's real. And yeah. I, I went from, Ooh, that um, can be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a bad guy yeah. and I went, I went from um, the first time getting there, you know, tall blonde, I'm six foot three, four, um, two fifty. So I stand out pretty dramatically. Mm -hmm. I went from being completely able to walk down the street to within the first day that I was on TV, people were walking by, uh, pulling over, screaming, yelling, you know, they believe it's real. So it yeah. was very, very interesting. And then they had me attack this guy. Um, they had me do two very interesting things right away. One of them was they had me attack this Mexican legend and, uh, I had this hammer and sickle belt and I wrapped it around his neck and then I threw him over the top rope and I hung him. And he, he had cut himself so many times that his head would bleed if he just touched it. So here he is dripping blood and I'm hanging him with this thing. Oh, so the fans really, really hated me. Um, <laughs> And then the second thing was, I always had this, uh, this, they, they ha had these two Mexican models that, um, would carry my the hammer and sickle flags out with me. They bleached their hair blonde and people kept grabbing the flags when we would walk by. And so I asked the guy backstage, I said, what do I do? And he says, you got to make them afraid of you. So I said, well, what, what do you want me to do? And he says, grab the first guy who grabs the flag, pull him over the rail and beat the shit out of him. Oh. And I said, I go, well, what do you, what? I go, they're going to throw me in jail. He goes, no, we'll, we'll pay off the police. We'll make sure it's good. Oh my God. So, yeah. So sure enough, this guy grabs the flag. I, I grab him. I'm like, sorry, throw him over the rail and start <laughs> laying elbows into him. And, uh, and of course they end up pulling me off and then they pay off the police and everything's Holy good. Shit. But after that, no one grabbed the flags. Yeah, of course they were right. They know what they're doing. <laughs> were you, were you, uh, laying off a little bit or were you giving full elbows to the guy? No, no, I yeah. don't like to hurt people. No, of I, course not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even when I did the, the fighting stuff, I had done wrestling pro wrestling for so long. And then I got, they, I got recruited to do the fighting stuff in Japan. I found my stuff, myself stopping the punches right on the skin because my body was so used to doing it in front of huge audiences that here I am my first match in an MMA fight. And it's really hard for me to a hurt someone that I don't hate. Yeah. And B follow through with anything, you know, in that scenario, because my body's so used to performing in this condition and yeah, you know, naturally taking care of the person. That makes a lot of sense. But you think that that's what happens to a lot of um, wrestlers, like someone like Brock Lesnar or other wrestlers that go into the to the MMA fighting thing that just doesn't. Well, I mean, I, that's the only one example I know. But. No, no. Brock, Brock Lesnar is actually a, kind of a mean guy. Uh, so okay. I don't think it affects him in the same fashion. Um, 
And he also was uh, NCAA Division One wrestling champion. So he's a different level. You know, yeah. I I was, you know, I, I was I'm, I'm a martial artist who could hang, but nowhere. And these guys fought their way to get up there yeah. from their country or the best in their country. So it's like, okay, you know, good luck. <laughs> yeah. A different route to the, to the ring than what you took. Exactly. Um, it, it, okay. So here's another one. It would be, this would be very, un, an, a very unorthodox way either way. Um, but whose music would you rather have for your ring entrance hype music before a fight? Tom Waits or Tom Petty? I don't know. No, Tom Waits is. Well, oh shoot, uh, man! I'm gonna have to pass on that one. We'll say Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, but if you did go Tom Petty, do you know much Tom Petty's music? I don't really. Know. I mean, you know the music, but I don't know any titles of them. But I don't know. Be, no, it's not no. what it's not your typical hype music that you would no. come out to. You're just thinking of Tom's, <laughs> yeah. huh? I am. I'm just using Tom's. <laughs> okay, um, gotcha. Hey, sometimes when you close your eyes, do you do you um, re-experience punches from Butterbean? <laughs> Uh, but you know, Butterbean is, a Butterbean is one of my best friends. That's and awesome. yeah, I, I had, uh, I had, I had met him and his wife when I was in England fighting and he, he had asked me, we were, we were doing a talk show and he had asked me, he said, I got a show coming up in, uh, my hometown. And I was wondering if you'd like to come and fight me. And I said, absolutely, you know, but he had a bottle of absinthe that he had just bought, um, the good stuff that you can't get in the States. And, uh, and I said, yeah, if you bring that, if you have, if you share that bottle of absinthe with me, I will do it. Well, I, I'm just thinking I'm never going to hear anything within a month of getting home. I, my, I get a call from my agent. He says, Butterbean's called. He wants you to come out. Here's the money he's going to pay you. They fly me out. I do a, a fight with him. We do a, a after show, a after party, and he pulls the absinthe bottle out and uh, we partake. <laughs> I threw a flying uh, knee in the beginning of that match to his head. I ran and did a flying knee, and I actually kind of semi-landed it. And he's so big that I just flipped over and landed on like on my back and he didn't move. <laughs> do you do you happen to know what he weighed in at, at that when you fought him? Yeah, back then he was in the four hundreds. <laughs> oh yeah, four hundreds. <laughs> he he's uh he's done DDP yoga now, if you know what that is. Diamond I, Dallas paid yoga. Yeah, and I've seen pictures yeah. of him. He's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, he has, man. I just I do I was just with him in LA and uh he looks like a whole different person. And he looked, I mean, he acts like a different person. He's like a kid. I went and visited him. One time I was driving uh, with my wife through across the country from um, some business. And I look over and I see Jasper, Alabama. And I'm like, Jasper, Alabama, that's where Butterbean lives. So I know he has a place called Mr. Bean's Barbecue. So I, I got off and went there. And uh, sure enough, I got to go sit down and have a, a meal with him and, you know, surprise him and everything. But he was in such bad shape. Oh. They told him he couldn't get his hips and knees done until he lost weight. And of course you can't lose weight until right. you get, you can move. So he was, he, he showed up and he's hunched over with a, a cane. And I mean, it was, it was, it was hard, hard to, 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 to look at, you know, yeah. it's one of those things where you kind of go, Oh, geez. Uh, I, I never, I never thought uh, he'd he'd pull his way through, and then seeing him like he is now, it's just wow. 
Okay, yeah, when I was go- I wanted I was googling to rewatch the fight, and then he when I googled his name, he came up, and yeah, he does look like a different human being, like yeah. real different. Like, what is it? Yeah. What did you say he does? DDP yoga? Diamond Dallas yeah. Page. Yeah, this guy named Diamond Dallas Page. He was a pro wrestler um, who started pro wrestling at an older age, and he developed his own yoga program. And most of the wrestlers, not at most, but quite a few of the wrestlers have adopted it. And he brings people to his, like his little compound. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he made a bunch of money off this program because he had it on um, uh, Shark Tank. Oh. And uh, oh, yeah. so he had it on Shark Tank and they made him a bunch of offers and he turned it all down. But it was a great advertisement for him. So he sold yeah. millions and millions of prescriptions or subscriptions. Right. So he was able to use the money to build this kind of compound. And now he brings people out there and helps them out. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he's like an advocate for a lot of the older wrestlers too, right? Who uh, does he do like some mental health stuff too in that yoga kind of or Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you Jake the Snake, of course. And that's right. That's you know. what I saw that on. Wasn't he in that in the documentary? Was yes. Just, yeah. 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 He he was he was the guy that uh yeah, that pretty much he's helped out a lot of people. Yeah, that's good. It's awesome to have people like that that care about people that they came up with and even people who are in the same profession. I love that. Oh yeah. Well, and it's hard, it's hard. It's not like there's so many of you who have these same experiences. So it seems like you probably have to stick together because yeah, the common person doesn't probably understand the half of what you guys do or go through. Yeah. There's not too many people who make it out alive back into civilian world. You know, you mm-hmm. got a lot of people that just, don't make it out, and then very few make it out in, as productive members of society. Yeah, well, and since we're here on this topic, I was going to save asking about it uh, later on. Uh, but yeah, that happened with my other cousin James, the Samoan Prince Volcano Kid. Uh, rest in peace. But yeah, he had a he uh, took his took his life. But yeah, he was suffering from uh, things that came from his wrestling career. I think when I tell people that I've got a family member from the professional wrestling world, I tend to think they they think I'm speaking about someone from my Samoan family. Yeah. But I'm fortunate that I have one from my Samoan family and from my American, from my other family. So, but I was wondering, did you ever um, meet? Yeah, I knew, I knew James very well. Uh, I was at his funeral, actually. It, it was sad. Um, and, and I knew him well. And what, what happens, unfortunately, I've had fr- some, several friends do this. Uh, they pull away before this happens. And then, you kind of take it personally. This wasn't the case with James because I, I wasn't as close with him near the end. But inevitably, they pull away, and then all of a sudden, it, it happens. Yeah. And so it's like you know, it's like there's an isolation that occurs, and so you know, you 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 always think, oh man, what could could would have should have uh, should have been there for him. But um, yeah, when I first met him, he came out, did the fire dance. We wrestled together in Vegas. Um, he was awesome. Yeah. What a specimen. I mean, he absolutely had all the tools to make it big in the business. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is the that's something that that's one of the downside. But I guess that's what we were talking about in the first part of this discussion is now that they're aware of these things, they have a little more tools to give to wrestlers and uh uh you know to help keep them from think situational things like that i guess well that's yeah. also that compound thing that you were talking about that could be very special for that reason diamond alone yeah. yeah yeah 
Not to mention, not to mention, there's there's another very real thing, and that's CTE. I know James had um, uh, he played football as well, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's always that question in the back of my head because I've had a lot of friends who I did fighting with and wrestling with, and you could just tell things were progressively getting worse. And oh, like I'm the concussion g- thing? Yeah, that's CTE. Yeah, CTE. yeah, CTE. Um, yeah, um, WWE is very careful about it now. Yeah. Uh, but back in the day, you know, like I said, it was Wild West. Uh, I remember getting concussed, battling a match and going and like hiding uh, under the bleachers so that no one would be able to like, you know, the doctors wouldn't be able to find me. And, and because if they found you and, and, and figured you were concussed, then you would be, you couldn't travel for X period of time and, you know, or it would be on your, your, uh, records. Right. And then, uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not certain in his situation, but I, I have to question if that's not possibly part of it as well. Yeah. I think that probably is who knows though. Yeah. Um, were you, were you afraid at all when you were first standing in the middle of the ring with Hong Man Choi? No, no, Why? actually, you know, it's a weird thing. I never experienced fear. Um, so in Japan, they had me as right before I left for Japan, they called me the day before and they say, um, we've informed the press that you're a former Green Beret, like killing machine and that your moves are going to be called special techniques and you're going to do a different one each time. And so like a lot of the guys that I fought and wrestled actually believed, you know, they made a big point of it. So they believed I was a green beret. So when I first met Hong Man Choi, first of all, he looks very, very odd. His head is twice the size of a normal head. It looks like he's wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, But when I first met him and looked him in the eyes, he was scared shitless. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's something that occurs. Yeah. I've been in, uh, you know, I worked as bouncer for years and I've been in enough situations with men to where you can kind of like, you kind of have to establish who's who and what's what, I mean, regardless of what happens after that, but you still have to own it initially. Yeah. So I, I learned, I learned how to own it pretty early. So I never experienced fear that way. I probably should have would have been a lot smarter for me too, but I never experienced fear that way. Well, sometimes your own psyche, like for someone, like if he'd already initially was uh, afraid, that's like, you're already one up on him there, regardless of yeah. the size of anything. But yeah. 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 That, and was that, sure. is that exaggerated? Cause I mean, that says he was seven foot two, 400 pounds, but I, I mean, he's towering over you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's legit. That's legit. He had to have his uh, uh, pituitary removed because he he was he was scheduled to die. Most of those guys don't live yeah uh, past their uh, late thirties, so he had to have his pituitary removed, and that made him uh, very weak near the end. But when I when I fought him, he was so incredibly strong that I remember hitting him a couple of times, and it's real, real awkward trying to hit him in the head, and then because uh, it's so high. And then um, I I just feel these hands in the back of my head and I try to pull back. And I mean, I'm going nowhere quick. And then the <laughs> knee comes up and then I fly back in the back, you know, and then my head got busted open real bad. That was like a maybe like a 10 or 12 stitcher. Yeah. Do you remember that knee at all? Like when it happened or did it was it all blur? <laughs> uh, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, no, I do remember it. It's weird because. I've never been knocked out. Um, I've had flash knockouts uh, and, and 
so and then and then you see footage and then i don't i can't for sure tell you what was from the footage or what was from my memory because it's all becomes a bit of a blur yeah so i know i've never i know i never got to the point and i, I was also drinking back then oh <laughs> it's like uh it, it, it's it all became a bit mushy yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, now now you can go watch that on YouTube and see Tom take a nice big knee from the Korean <laughs> Colossus. <laughs> I'm just very lucky that, like, if you think about it, you could have like hit my nose and you know, busted my nose up real bad. Fortunately, you, once your nose breaks enough times, it becomes pretty soft. This cartilage becomes soft. But there's a bunch of guys who get the sideways breaks, and they end up with this really badly crooked nose. So mine won't really break anymore. It's like got that soft cartilage going now. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's uh, one of the benefits. Yeah, one of the benefits. <laughs> uh, do you happen to remember what your height and weight, what the height and weight difference was between you, you and the the Korean Colossus? It was pretty significant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm six three, six four ish, and uh, I always am right, right around two fifty to two sixty. Yeah, so he was twice, almost twice, twice the human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they don't. Um... That was heavy, super heavy weights, or was there, or were there not weight classes back then? No. So what it was, K one. Um, okay, so K one is the biggest company in Japan, bigger than Pride back in the day, and Pride was the predecessor to uh, UFC. Um, and they're owned by the, you know, this is all run by the the mob. So they're owned by the Yamaguchi family. And so big, big That's money. That's like Yakuza kind of thing, sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 There's different families that, right. that run this stuff. So um, they, they decided to do, they brought in a guy named Akabono, who was a, a famous sumo wrestler. Um, they brought in me, a green beret. Um, they brought in, so they, they brought in a bunch of people. They wanted to do kind of like, uh, freak matches or side, side mats. I don't know what you call them. Side attractions, um, mm -hmm. knowing full well, they weren't going to be, um, you know, uh, competitive matches for say, but it was about drawing people. We, you know, the, the, we're talking about arenas. I think the first one there was. Uh, close to 80,000 people wow. in the Saitama Super Arena, one of those arenas. So it was New Year's Eve, but they, um, they decided that they wanted to get into the MMA game. So I think my first match I did was MMA there. And then I think with him, it was kickboxing. Yeah, because they, he didn't want to do MMA back then. But I just did whatever they wanted me to do. They they offered me a good contract, good money, um, and uh, for two years, like eight fights, and and it was enough to, you know. And they they treated you like royalty while you were over there, right? Yeah, very very well. Yeah, and and I got to open a gym, got a beach house, and you know, did pretty well for a while with it. Yeah. So it was nice. It was kind of like. It was kind of like a, uh, you know, you're going to take some lumps, but you can get out of this crazy travel schedule for a bit. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not talking like lifelong retirement. Maybe if I was smart with the money, it could have been, but, you know, enough to um, 
just relax for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> did they? Did they typically were they storylines like like uh, American wrestling like for those MMA fights? Were they giving people storylines like if you were the Green Beret or was that just something that they used to hype or was it typical to have a storyline? Nah, they didn't really do storylines. It, yeah. it it was. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever was part of a storyline in that. Well, I watched a fight with you. We were talking about your name came up in a, a another episode a couple of uh, your, weeks ago. Your name comes up in almost every episode. I know because we talk about wrestling a lot. But um, you you were uh, you were fighting. I think it was in Japan, and you were the Green Beret. But it looked like it was almost a wrestling match because there seemed like there were some fake slaps happening to you against the ropes. It was this. Uh, I think it was a Japanese guy. But like you punched him back. Like you were punching him. Um, was he a big fat guy? Looks like it looked like Elvis. No, no. Well, maybe. Yeah. An Asian J- Japanese guy. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a real fight or was it like no, a half no, no. fight? Half. No, you can tell because the, my, the real fights in K1 always yeah. ended with me getting stitched up. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this particular fight, he was like, he looked like he was pu- pulling his punch. Like he was kind of slapping, but you hit him back on the face. Like it looked incredibly legit punch now maybe you were holding it a little bit but it it he went down and oh I yeah was just, i was just wondering if um that, that happens in when you're doing these uh, quote-unquote pretend matches if anyone yeah. if anyone every once in a while kind of you get hit and then you get angry and so you kind of yeah. feed them back is that a typical thing that happens yeah i had one guy um that they brought over from korea and he was a hop keto master and he acted like he didn't speak english and as soon as we got out there and we we talked the match over with the translator and i was supposed to win but you know we're talking about stiff you know stiff stuff like like in america they do they do a lot of hold punches that are real obvious running the ropes this is more like more like a fight and and you know everything has to hit or the fans don't buy it at all so you know you you're you you just don't aim for the nose or the eyes and you try not to knock the guy out and hopefully he doesn't knock you out. And, you know, you just, just, but, um, grit, grit your teeth and bear it. But this guy right in the beginning of the match teed off on my nuts and it was so bad that I went, dropped my knee and I tried to stand back up. I had never had this happen before. And I literally couldn't stand back up. Oh shit! And I'm so here I am in this, a big pay-per-view and, and I'm you're supposed, supposed to win, win. the match. Yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to win. And I'm barely, I'm not even able to stand up. And I re- grab the ropes and I start to pull myself up. And he comes over, he starts kicking and kicking, kicking. Oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Um, I don't think it was on purpose. But mm. all I could do, I finally just caught one of his kicks, grabbed him around the neck, and then threw him on his head. And then he jumped up and starts kicking me again. And that's all I could do. Every time he started kicking me, I just ate the kick, caught him. And threw him on his head and uh, did it over and over throughout the match. And that was an actual like uh, shoot. Uh, uh, And then I finally ended up throwing him on his head and then putting him in a reverse uh, triangle choke. And then uh, we got in a fight in the back. Um, Oh, shit. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. Right. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Well, it it, it got pulled apart, you know, but. that's the only time I really had a, you know, here's what happens when you, same thing happened in Mexico and same thing happened in Japan. 
when you get there, the, the wrestlers will all start to practice before and they figure out right away who's who and what's what. Right. And so I, because I grew up doing um, uh, re- amateur wrestling and then I did some Sambo. So I learned how to do leg locks. I learned a lot of like sneaky tricks that most once again, not enough to do to like win a bunch of high level world class pro fights, but enough to, you know, be able to beat all the amateur um, the, the pro wrestler guys. So I would make pretty quick work of the guys. And then after that, they're all afraid of you. Right. And so. From that point forward, there you got the respect factor, and if you don't have that, they will eat your lunch. Well, yeah, that's what uh, I was wondering. Do you um, can you tell if someone accidentally caught you, or if someone's like definitely trying to like um, uh, one up you? Yeah, yeah, or- we apologize to each other in the <laughs> ring, and oh. uh, we also say there's a word we call we say receipt. And the receipt means you got one coming. So, oh. um, yeah, if you got, you know, it, you'll, you will just say the word receipt and that means you, you yeah. expect it. Expect Do you get it. receipts even if, like, if it was an accidental, like if someone accidentally caught you, you go, oh, you're getting a receipt for that one. Uh, <laughs> if the guy doesn't apologize, yeah, uh, for sure. Awesome. And if he's, uh, if there's gross negligence involved, he's, he's going to get one one way or the other. Yeah. 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 That's how you protect yourself in the Is ring. It? Probably. Right. Yeah. Is it yeah. hard to watch Teresa get hit and stuff? No, Teresa's, Teresa's a badass. First of all, Teresa's, uh, Teresa's, uh, was competitive in jujitsu, uh, while we, while we were doing wrestling, I started training her about 13 years ago, 12 years ago. And she's about as tough and as bad as they, they come. And so, um, I, you know, there's, I, I feel bad for the other girls. Okay. I'm not, I'm never worried about Teresa. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And you guys were just, she was just in Saudi. Yeah. In yeah. Match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was in Saudi for the second time. Uh, yeah. Saudi does a bot show. I think they pay like $50 million to do what three or four times a year to have the, the wrestlers come over and do a show. Yeah. And she, had, she, she just won the big, uh, battle Royal. So she has to go against this, the, the main girls for her belts, Rhea Ripley. I, that's coming up on the next big, uh, pay-per-view or whatever you want to call them these days. That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fun and, uh, hard work though. Like not, it's not like you're just, it's all party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what happens in a ring is the party. What happens like last night, for example, we get a, you know, you get to the airport around, you leave around 10 in an Uber, you get to the airport around 11, you catch your red eye around 1245 for whatever reason, they flew us to New York. And then we had to go from New York, which I wasn't sure because I think I told you I was going to be in New York. Cause I didn't know. She, I, she, I didn't talk to her. She wasn't back. And then they flew us to Ohio, which is going backwards from Vegas to New York to here. <laughs> and then we got here and now she's actually laying in bed for an hour or two until she has to go to the show to go do a match here tonight. Oh man. So that's the reality. And then tomorrow yeah. morning we, uh, jump in the car, drive four hours and, uh, do it again. Where? And then the next day. Oh wow. Uh, tomorrow. So it's I'm a not... Tight, tight schedule. 
Yeah. Is there a season or is it all year? All year. Yeah. Every Monday is, um, every Monday is the TV show called raw. And so inevitably you have to be here for, for that. And then these are called house shows. And these are the shows that will be slightly smaller. Like, um, I think the show that we did in Vegas that your family all came to was that would have been TV taping. That was at the, the jazz center, but, um, it just depends on the size of the venue, you know, but I'm not sure this is probably like a 10,000 seat venue or something. That's what they usually do. That's based on, and those are usually based on the market, like where, like how it go, you know, whatever exactly. city you're in the market. That's, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's surprising, but the amount of sellouts or close to sellouts, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't go to all the shows. Actually, we bring our cat with us. Okay. And, um, like tonight, I'm literally going to sit here and watch TV with the cat because I don't feel like going to watch the wrestling show. Cause you know, you, if you do it every single night, it takes a lot of energy. I don't yeah. want to go sit and watch a wrestling show tonight and I don't want to go backstage and deal with any politics. I mean, I know everyone and they're nice and I like them. Um, you know, but, um, I'm tired as hell. I'm going <laughs> to be a cat dad tonight. That's <laughs> what he everything. said. In the beginning, I was like, what do you mean he's watching? Like, I thought you were watching Cats the musical. Oh, the musical. <laughs> oh, no, no. We have a cat that, we have a cat that travels with us. We, um, we smuggle him into the rooms. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he travels with us everywhere we go. And no hotel yeah. wants, no hotel allows cats to stay there. No, no. <laughs> no. That no. smell does not go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I got about three more minutes in the timer and then we'll do the, the first worst and uh, last or first worsts and thirsts. No shit. First worst and favorite segment. Um, okay. Before I get to that, I'll do a couple of the Sophie's choice uh, just because I like to get them in. Cause they're kind of a staple of the show, but uh, who, who was better Tommy Lee Jones in the miniseries lonesome dove or Tom Selleck in Magnum PI. Oh, Where do you get these from? <laughs> uh, I, Man, Magnum P.I., I guess. I, I like Tommy Lee Jones better as an actor. I, oh. I, I don't recall either one, though, to be honest with you. You're not, you don't like um, uh, Tom Selleck's mustache? <laughs> I like Tom Selleck's mustache, but you're talking to a guy who got hit in the head for a living, man. You're asking me a bunch of questions about old things that I have very little recollection of. And they always, and most people don't, they're, they're always just, um, the Sophie's choices are always just based on your name. <laughs> Well, no, no, I put it together after the fourth Tom and yeah. the fact that they were utterly random. And I'm just like, where's he, where's he going with this? I, I thought maybe you had somewhere you're going, but utterly no, there's just, no uh, basis. Just no. for a laugh. <laughs> there's probably some howies or how. Yeah, I got one here. I, I, here's a couple. Who, who would, who would win in a no holds barred cage match between Tom Hanks and Tom Green? Tom Green? I mean, is that really a question? <laughs> yeah. Because well, the, who would you say? You would say Tom Hanks. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd have to say Tom Hanks. Tom Green, yeah. I think Tom Green because he's a he's now a rancher out out in the some farm. He's like a, a horse rancher. You got to be tough to do that. Isn't he like a creeper though? I thought that he was he, like a guy who went crazy and did a bunch of weird stuff. No, I think that was mostly uh, you know typical when you don't do what Hollywood wants you to do. They start saying, "Oh, you, he's crazy." Because he's actually a pretty normal dude. <laughs> oh, okay. He did well, do then, a lot of crazy shit. Uh, and okay. then who would you rather have over for Thanksgiving dinner, Ron Howard or Terrence Howard? 
man, Ron Howard, just because he's a, well, God, I love Terrence Howard too. Both. <laughs> That's a choose dinner. <laughs> yeah. No, you can you yeah. can you can definitely go to. And then who would who would throw a turkey further? Legendary Mets picture, Tom Terrific Seaver, or has been overrated Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. <laughs> I've no idea who Tom Seaver is, so I'm gonna go Tom Brady. I just wanted to get a jab in on Tom Brady because the Patriots used to be a team I did not love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm glad, you, hey, I'm glad you can amuse yourself with all this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to picture if the turkey's alive or like frozen. <laughs> I think it's frozen. But but yeah, Tom Seaver was a was a, a great pitcher. He's like one of the top one hundred pitchers of all time. Um, we gotta believe throwing a football would be closer to a turkey than a baseball. Yeah, it's a little heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they trade well, it. Size wise, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, maybe. Are you a fan of John Cena's raps? <laughs> oh, we gonna drop this on him right here. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for none of this. Your boy's a bad man. Let me invade in the streets. Make them clap a rapper's skirt. They be dropping the heat. Shock the world. Now I'm standing alone. I flip fools like them clamshell cellular phones. You can't help but nod your head to the track. Flip the water down rap. We be taking it back. Give it to me straight. No- <laughs> John Cena's raps. Uh, yeah, you know what? Here's the crazy part. When I first met John, he was making smoothies at Gold's Gym. Oh. And he was a fan of wrestling. And one of the other guys who, who was training in wrestling said, hey, we got this guy who wants to come down and train. Um, and his name is John. And he showed us a picture of him. And, and we said, yeah, bring him down. And he was real robotic. Uh, he didn't move real well. He was training in bodybuilding. He was getting ready for a show. And he was very like, yes, sir, no, sir. And uh, did exactly what I told him to do perfectly. And I didn't think, didn't get much personality out of him. And then once I actually, once we had him do a promo, it was amazing. It was, he was phenomenal. And then of course, from that day forward, I saw him grow. And then I saw him do the rapping stuff. And I was just like, wow, because you know, that whole rapping thing all came about because he looked a little bit like Marky Mark. How silly is that? He, but he, you know, he happens to be very skilled at, uh, you know, whatever. I, I mean, he, he's he's got he's got an amazing ability. I'm not saying he's a great rapper, but I mean, he's got an amazing ability. But people to do rhyme. actually have respect about it. Like you, when someone with a career like that, a wrestler is a rapper, you tend to want to make jokes about it. But he's actually good, and like, uh, yeah, people yeah. actually respect his uh, abilities. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you any run-ins with The Rock? Um, strangely enough, The Rock's daughter is was just with us in Florida. And uh, she she cats it for us, and we cats it for her. Um, so when we're on the road, so uh, she's wrestling now at NXT, oh. um, and she's just starting um, on television there. So, oh, cool. but yeah, but The Rock now is kind of off on his own thing, yeah. you know. But I knew him, I knew him back when he was on before he was the sure the big the big famous Rock, you know, just the the guy who was just on WWE. It was funny that you mentioned that Cena didn't really have a personality when he first trained him because now he's like all personality. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a real funny yeah. guy. All yeah. right. Bef- Very uh, this, true. Is, this is the question I ask everybody before I go into the first worst. I say, what advice would 2023 Tom have for 1990 Tom? Uh, n- number one, be present. 
as I mentioned before, I found that I was always going to be happy when, and whenever I was on the road, all I wanted to do was be home. Whenever I was home, all I wanted to do was be on the road. And I didn't really understand, you know, Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, um, when I didn't quite understand it, I'd read the books and stuff, but when you can truly understand being present, um, that changes everything. So do you, you do you think that 1990 Tom would have listened to 2023 Tom? <laughs> no, no, no. The problem was that's, that's the biggest problem is that it takes, it takes time. Um, like I, I used to be a part of that whole thing back in those days was running hard and chasing hard. And I used to be a big drinker and, uh, and so it was all about just going and going and going. So like finally, now that I'm not doing, you know, that I'm living a very clean life, it, it, it changes dramatically your, your point of view. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like, it's just, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus when you're uh, the, in the younger ages, you think, you know, everything you don't need to hear yeah. it, even from your own self. All right, here we go. Yeah. We're going to get into the dish. This is the rapid fire first worsts and favorites. What was your first professional wrestling match? I wrestled in Las Vegas in the Silver Nugget as KGB, the Russian assassin, versus a guy named Gary Key, who was dressed as a ninja. And it was for a television show that was in Las Vegas. And I won. (laughs) Was he full ninja costume too? Full ninja. (laughs) And he was a white guy who had a bad country accent and he was doing all the ninja stuff with his hands. And it looked horrible. (laughs) Who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Heather Locklear just because I'm old, and uh, she was like the, the hot girl on TV back in the day. What was your first car? '69 uh, Volkswagen van, pop top camper. Got it from my neighbor for 750 bucks, and we would drive to the beach. Um, we tore out the we tore out the base and put carpet in it. It made it all nice. And then my friend from Spain, who was a foreign exchange student, told me that he had driven before and I let him drive it and he rolled it. (laughs) And we were near the school and he was he was going to have to be sent back to Spain if because he wasn't supposed to be driving, didn't have a license. So I sent them. We we all picked it up. Me and my four friends went back on his feet and I sent them running. And then I took, you the, took heat the fall. For it. Oh, yeah, look at you! Yeah, that's a good friend to have around, man. Good on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a bummer! Yeah, though. that is a bummer. Was it a, like one of the Westphalia ones, or was it like a, yeah. a, a bus? No, no, no. Sixty-nine. Yeah, the the, the pop the top yeah. would pop up, and you could sleep up top. Bummer! I didn't know those rolled that easy. Oh, dude, those things roll uh, in a heartbeat. Oh, uh, here's the funny part. Uh, about three years later, my brother Brian. We got that. We got to fix up well enough to drive. My brother Brian rolled it in a neighborhood, oh, and they called my parents. And my parents come up, 
And this guy comes out of his house and he says to my dad, he goes, I got to tell you something. Your son wasn't driving. It was his friend. And sure enough, he had a 15 year old friend who was driving it. And my brother, Brian, took my lead and tried to cover for his buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So my parents, my parents junked that thing after that. What was your first MMA match? My first MMA match was, this was a big one, actually. Uh, K1 had just decided they were going to do the freak show matches. And they did this big show on New Year's Eve called Dynamite. And it was in the Saitama Super Arena, I believe. It's like, I want to say 70, 80,000 people. And, uh, and it was rough. I, I didn't get any stitches. <laughs> but did you win got, or you I, lose that one? No, 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 no. I lost it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I went against world class guy, obviously as well. I was able to take him down, and he caught me at a guillotine. I fought my way out, um, got him in full mount, and I could tell that the this was the first time they'd done MMA, and they wanted to see action, and it was already like slow, and we yeah. were like the first. Mm first main match and so they stood us up and then something similar and then he finally caught me again my neck swelled up for like three days i couldn't breathe you know when you're when you're in a guillotine like that yeah. guys like choking you for, for his life you know because anyway so that was my first one what was your first paying job first paying job oh it was a place called uh, professional community management there was a, a rec center uh and I was like the guy that would hang out and watch people by the pool. Yeah. Didn't you guys, when you guys moved to California at first, didn't you guys like run a popcorn machine or something like somewhere yeah. at a mall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my uncle, uh, my uncle Richie on the other side, they had all of the carts up in Beverly Hills at uh, Century Center. And so they had a connection. Um, with the company who managed all of these uh, malls. And so they would gave us a couple of their old carts and then my family uh, would do the popcorn carts there. Um, but that was a family business. I don't, I think I would just, my family would give me some money here and there and I might've actually had some sticky fingers every once in a while. <laughs> but that was a problem, that was a good business, right? I just remember yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of like business. It was it was decent business. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. much much better than you would ever imagine. When was the first time you got scared from a movie? Or... Uh, I haven't been scared through a lot of movies. Um, Pet Cemetery. Oh, I remember when I remember Pet Cemetery was probably one of the ones that I actually really enjoyed, and it was when the chick walked in and her sister had spinal meningitis or something, and her sister like sat up and she's like. You know, I don't know. Yeah, something out. creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember something like that. But that's probably it. When was the first time you cried in a movie? I'm not a crier. Uh, not at all. I wish, huh? I wish I could. It's just I, 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 I was asking, I was asking my wife about it, and I, we couldn't come up with it. I, I don't know about yeah. that one. Who was your first best friend? A guy named Jeff Zabel. He lost his leg uh, from right below the knee, so he had a fake leg and uh we he was a mormon kid but he was also a troublemaker and uh he we somehow became best friends and he would <laughs> he did all sorts of crazy stuff we'd go to the beach and he would like take off his 
his fake leg uh, while we're in the water and hand it to me and then he'd j- jump up on the beach and scream shark shark oh and just stupid stuff like that or we'd go in the jacuzzi uh, in the apartment complex and then he'd take off the leg and hand it to me and then he'd have his little uh, his little uh, limpy uh, thing um, come up and it looked like a dog because it was all gnarly and then he'd be like make it make barking noises and people would just go what the hell so we did a lot we always just did or he would stab his leg I remember we were at Denny's drunk late one night and he started getting all angry and he took a knife and started stabbing his leg oh, and people just started freaking, freaking out. out was it he was stabbing the prosthetic the fake, yeah the fake leg yeah the oh. prosthetic yeah just stupid kid you know sure. just stupid kid stuff are you still in touch with him at all or did you do you no 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 yeah. Uh, unfortunately I'm not yeah yeah no I, I that's kind of that's kind of been a new question to us about your first friends because yeah I'm not I'm not really in touch with my very first best friend I wonder what happens there it's yeah it's a, it's a thing but um you know you know I, I will tell you what happens um I I have been in touch with him and I've had several other friends from the past I, I've been in touch with we just don't we have so little in common anymore yeah. and yeah. Uh, that I reach out, you know, I'll take them to dinner or I'll invite them out over for something, and it just fades from there. It doesn't have, go anywhere, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, t- you, yeah. you start when you were younger. You were your world was a little bit smaller, so your views were the same in the neighborhoods you were in. So you kind of would yep. be friends there. But then as you get older, you you have different. You just have different. Uh, you do different things. So yeah, it makes plenty yep. of sense. We'll move into the worst. What's the worst sound? I don't do well with babies crying, um, and it's not the standard baby crying, but like when babies throw fits, mm. it makes me want to actually smack the parents. And the reason being is that if I would have done that when I was a kid, and I was talking to my wife about this, I would be scared to death yeah. to, to do this. And when I see a kid do this, I look at the parents and just be like, what are you bringing into this world? Yeah. So that noise when they do it, I was in the airport today and the kid's just <laughs> screaming at his parents and the parents are acting like it doesn't exist. That's probably got to be yeah, it. Yeah. So you are you th- you're th- less of like an actual baby, like a baby baby crying, but like a younger, like toddler, I guess yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or... Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, I don't do well with any baby crying, but, sure. but the one that the toddler that's throwing a fit is yeah. the really truly annoying one yeah i like I that a lot of time like on that planes answer. you know so the, the, when you're on planes as much as i am that's when you really yeah. oh boy you get those <laughs> noise canceling headphones yes yeah, yes to get. trust me absolutely <laughs> what's the worst word uh well, i i have to I, I i really dislike the word hate mm. uh and I would have to say the word hate yeah. um, because I've been working on with Teresa a lot on this and we find that like in her, in her world it was, and I'll just make this quick, but in wrestling, she has got to deal with a lot of people and there's a lot of passive aggressive people and people kind of like talk behind people's back. And so like, I, I always tell her, keep your thoughts pure. And you can say that you it's not your favorite, but don't say hate and don't say, you know, whatever. And because otherwise it comes out and people can feel the energy of it. So I just try to really um, keep my thoughts and my words in alignment with the, the person I want to be. So hate. Yeah, that's a good answer. Great answer, actually. Thanks. Who's the worst celebrity martial arts actor or, you know, worst celebrity martial arts person? Well, come on now. Who, who, uh, come on now. Steven Seagal's got to be. <laughs> now he was he was great back to, back in uh, 
what Mark for death not Mark for death what was the first one uh yeah those was when he was like awesome yes like Mark he for was. death and the he was and one one time I was driving through Beverly Hills up in the hills and I look over and there he is on the side of the road in his house with his wife Kelly LeBrock and you look over at us and and I was like Steven Seagal you know freaked out but boy he has just become a bad uh 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 I don't know what what so, would you call it. I don't character, know. Character, a character of yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I heard that he used to really hurt uh, stunt guys, like in movie, like he purposely hurt them, and uh, you know because they was on the job, they couldn't. Even these guys would kick his ass, but they didn't yeah. wouldn't do anything because that was you know they're getting paid. They didn't want to lose their gig, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard a lot it of happens crazy in wrestling. Stories. It happens in wrestling too. You know, you have the guys. They call them the job guys, and those are the guys who give their body to make a star look good and the guys who will beat them up and take advantage of them it's very it's unacceptable you know oh yeah i never even thought of that i guess yeah that probably happens mm-hmm. in wrestling yeah yeah what's the worst pet well they're beautiful i mean they're great to look at but we had a hamster it was a little asian hamster and we thought it would be cool to have sly our cat have something to play with but it was in a cage but these, these things would sleep all day. We had two of them. And then all night they would run on this wheel nonstop. And so it was just this nonstop, just <laughs> And it, it, we were just like, you gotta be kidding me. So we, we finally had to like, like move him in a, in a soundproof room in our house. <laughs> so you couldn't get him out of the cage because they would like run away. And then they would just make noise all night long. And I was like, what is the purpose behind this thing? <laughs> so the funny thing is they both passed away and we're not sure. And then my wife says she read just just two or two days ago. She read that they actually um, will go into uh, what do you call it when you go into sleep? Oh, hibernate. Hibernation. So she said they hibernate for up to a month. She goes, we might have we might have killed them. And I was like, <laughs> no. I, we didn't kill them. We threw them in the trash, I believe. So if they, if they, then they're living a perfectly good life in the dump somewhere. They're yeah. probably living a better life now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What's the worst MMA discipline? <laughs> uh, I'm actually a fan of watching those videos online where the guys will do the flippy sniff stuff and the goofy not touching. I don't even know the names of them, but you know, like the dim mock and whatever. Yeah. Um, before. Before UFC and K1 and Pride, it was just such a bad joke because everyone was like, our martial art is so deadly that yeah. you can't use it. And so I don't I can't give you the name, but there's so many. There's so yeah. many. <laughs> Most of them, quite frankly, there's a lot of hocus pocus. MMA is really we all know where it's at. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And what's the worst wrestling nickname? Are you talking about a, a wrestler I know? Yeah, or any anyone, because we sometimes the joke always comes up. Um, the the barber, <laughs> that's usually people's answer to that one. Bruce uh, the barber Bruce, beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I know him well actually. I I, I worked on the Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling Show, and um, I I was uh, the coach there teaching the wrestlers. He was supposedly teaching them, but I was actually the one teaching them. Nice, real nice guy. Sure. Um, there was another guy who. Uh, who's a sweetheart of a guy and he's very, very kind to my wife uh, works with WWE. He did something to piss someone off and his name is Terry Taylor. And they gave him a gimmick called the red rooster. 
and they made his they gave him red down the middle of his hair and they had him come out and do like cockadoodle do. Oh shit. No one knew why, but it was like it was like he pissed someone off. Yeah. So he would have to come in the ring every time and do cockadoodle do. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, and he would like strut around and do the rooster stuff. Oh, it, no. I mean, it, it's still a it's still a like a, a folklore in wrestling. Yeah, but it, even though it's a, hor- a horrible thing, it kind of like it sticks out. It's so it definitely would last in someone's memory. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> What's the worst part of professional wrestling? Travel. Uh, for sure. And, for, and we know from experience, I know a lot of people, when they hear the word travel, they go like, well, what's so bad about travel? That's traveling's great. But the kind of travel that you do when you're going from the same place to do the same thing, you're always in the same hotel, it's the same food. It's like really grueling. There's nothing really very exciting about it anymore. <laughs> no, no, especially um, when you have to be like a lot of what we do on the weekends will be fly in, catch a rental car, just like today, get to a hotel room, relax, try to get a meal in, get to the arena. She gets home or we get both get home around 11, get up at five in the morning, get to the airport and do it again and do it again how, and do it again. How do you guys find time to train? Well, that's where you got to put in the training. I mean, like, like, Today, we're about to go do that after this. Yeah. <laughs> then she's got to head over to the arena. Yeah. And it's just downstairs, like we stay at, like the Embassy Suites has a great, like it, hopefully we stay in hotels that are nice enough to have a decent gym mm-hmm. or we go find um, a gym that's close by, you know. Mm-hmm. What about, what's the worst place for a wrestling match? Uh, when I first started wrestling in Mexico, they had, a lot of times they had, uh, we wrestled in, uh, they're called El Torreo, the bullfighting arenas. So they had dirt floors and then they had boxing rings. So they had no padding, oh. hard rocks. And so that would have been the worst place by far. Yeah, and shit. And I just, uh, you just try not to take, they're called bumps when you take a back fall and you just try not to do it. Like, like you only do it on the finish. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because there's give and rings, right? But there's no give. Yeah, yeah. Rings. There's two types of, of give. There's one that has a, um, a spring underneath it. And that's a little more like a trampoline. And then the other one the WWE uses has long lumber with uh, like a wrestling mat on top of it. But the, it's set up to be long enough to where it has flex and has a little mm. bit of a bounce. Yeah. It makes a loud noise. Um, all right. We'll go into your favorites. Who, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Ah, uh, man, that's a rough one. I'm going to say Shinya Hashimoto. Uh, he's the guy who brought me to Japan. Legendary guy. He, he passed away. But he's the guy who brought me to Japan. Was the first guy that I had a big match with. Who's your? Uh, what was the favorite wrestling character or gimmick that you played? Green Beret, by far. You know, at first, as I mentioned, it wasn't something I planned. I had to literally go to an Army Navy surplus store and go find a Green Beret and the patch and that stuff. Uh, and then, as I mentioned before, they had me do each time I was supposed to do a different finish. And then the press. Here's a funny one. The press would say. What was the name of that finish? And I'd say special technique number thirty-two. I just make it up. <laughs> and then, and then the next time they'd say, "What? Well, what was the name of that one?" I'd say special technique number sixteen. And then, and then all of a sudden, I, you know, here I am, like six months down the road, and I'd say, I bring up the same numbers, totally forgetting. And then the guy would say, "That looked very much like it's number 16. but she said that was number twenty-seven. And I'm like, "Oh man!" So pretty funny. You're getting caught up in your yeah. That's what happens. I to couldn't li- keep my numbers yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. The liars when the lies start. 
firing right. up. They can't keep right. up with them. <laughs> right. Do you have a favorite comedian? Uh, yeah, probably right now it's going to be Theo Vaughn. I mean, it, it changes. Wow. I just, I'm, yeah, I, I keep up on comedy a lot. So Theo Vaughn, yeah, probably. he's funny, man. Yeah, yeah, that dude's really funny. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about wrestling? My favorite thing about wrestling is the storytelling and the physicality. Um, the fact that most people don't understand pro wrestling has, I'll make this quick as I can, but there's, there's eight segments to a pro wrestling match. Good guy, bad guy, heel face. Number one, heel face establishment. Number two, face outshine. It's where the good guy out wrestles the bad guy. Number three, heel cutoff. Number four, heat. Number five, near falls or come back number six near falls number seven finish i'm seven okay i missed one of them but anyway so every match has these psychological elements just like a movie and so you're telling a story and so we my favorite part of it is to being able to tell a story through the, through a physical play yeah mm-hmm. what's your favorite mma submission move uh probably ankle lock heel hook um, uh, yeah. something I learned pretty early on and I was able to hook a lot of guys with it guys just recently got really good at it but people didn't know how to defend it um, or put it on well and I trained with a bunch of uh, Russians in Sambo so that would be it favorite wrestling villain there's, one, there's, there's a couple of guys who did it really well there's a guy named Bully Ray who I've known for forever and he took it real serious to the extent where there's 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 only a few guys who will really you know when you're with them they won't sign autographs they genuinely tell kids to go screw themselves yeah you know and 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 they'll do it in and outside the ring and so this guy named bully ray uh he used to be part of uh 3d uh the dudley brother dudley dudley boys the bigger one of those two He's he's legit heel. <laughs> yeah, they get method with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite cereal? I don't eat cereal. What? Uh, but, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, never. Uh, but if I had it, like, man, I think you know, every once in a while, I'll stay at like a Holiday Inn Express and I'll have something like uh, Apple Jacks or something, and I and, like. I, I think that's the last time I tried something sweet like that. And maybe, you know, that's like a little kid's treat. What about when you were a kid? Did you eat cereals? Uh, <laughs> man, I remember seven kids in a Mormon family. We were lucky to have <laughs> yeah, cereals. No kidding. No kidding. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite children's show? No. Okay. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. I'm sorry about that one. That's okay. Uh, oh, I'll say Power Rangers because it's uh, martial oh. arts, but... Is that, a, is that uh, a kid show? Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely more for kids than it is adults. <laughs> okay. This one might be too easy, but favorite Jack Black movie? Uh, Nacho Libre, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very, very lucky to get to train him for that. And uh, and then um, and then about halfway through, he says, uh, he said, hey, I'd like to, I'd really like you to come and um, work with me and be the the villain be the bad guy because I'm, I'm real comfortable working with you and then he so he gives me the scripts and it's a guy named Ramsey's 
and I don't fit it in any way, shape, and form. For starters, I'm I'm all tatted up, and they, he's supposed to be this like Mexican wrestler, you know, and he's uh, looks a certain way, and uh, and I've got you know green eyes and everything, and so they they had me go into the studio and read for uh, Jared and Jaressa Hess, the people who wrote the movie, yeah, and because Jack had given me the nod. Um, they were nice as could be, but I was like, this doesn't make a drop of sense. So we're all set to go to Oaxaca, Mexico. And about two weeks before, uh, Jack breaks the news to me that they got a guy that is a guy named Silver King who looked the part and I mean, perfect for it. You know, yeah. I read the I read the sides and I couldn't do the accent well. The, the whole thing was off, just not right. But they were kind enough to pay me uh, the base amount that I would have uh, made for going oh, to a hockey cool. film. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which is unheard of, unheard of in <laughs> <Yeah>. Hollywood. <laughs> absolutely. Do you do late night snacks? And if so, what's your favorite late night snack? Uh, man, late night snacks. I'm not a big late night snack guy. I mentioned I used to be a big drinker, and so I used to drink cocktails late at night, like vodka sodas. But I stopped drinking, and I so I stopped eating. So no, I don't do either one now. <laughs> but when you did, it was a, a late night cocktail. Uh, when I did, it was just whatever. <laughs> whatever man. came. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't any limits. <laughs> it's it's a mushy mushy blur. That uh, the alcohol stimulates your desire it to sure eat does. all yeah, sorts of stuff everything yeah yeah well and i wouldn't eat much during the day i mean I, my wife would be like you never eat you know and i'm like well i get my calories in other ways <laughs> the last one in the dish what's your favorite place for a vacation well so this one's gonna be a toss-up because i have four places that i've gone that i love to death um jamaica uh is incredible um uh Cape Town, South Africa, amazing. Uh, we're gonna go mm, Thailand, uh, and last but not least, we're gonna go Mexico, oh, Cancun, awesome. Awesome. Cancun. Yeah. So uh, th there's no, I can't say one of those because there's such different type of places that. You know, but those would be my four favorite. I don't know. Excellent. How, how do you how do you pick one of those? That's true. I know. Yeah, just pick one. They, they don't. You're not the bad guy anymore when you're in Mexico. They don't recognize you. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Thank Good. goodness. There goes that yeah. son bitch right there. <laughs> I know. Well, we've been served. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Tommy. That was awesome. What can we? Is there anything that we can plug and uh, things f uh, coming up for you guys in the future? And uh, uh, that, it's, it's a little different. Like most of our guests that we have on there like have an album coming out or something. But <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have any albums coming out. I am working on a book that I'll be, you know, hmm. probably finishing. It'll be six months or a year away. But uh, like I'm a biography writing. or something. Yeah, yeah, just oh, memoir. Cool. Uh, and it's just a. Uh, this is a lot of fun details of all this stuff. Um, and, I, and so I've been working on that. 
my wife, uh, whose name is Zoe Stark, uh, is uh, one of the top women's wrestlers. It, actually, one of the top wrestlers overall in the world. Wow. She's, on, she's on TV Monday night, every Monday night on Raw. And she will be facing Rhea Ripley for the championship belt. When? Saturday. Oh, <laughs> Where? Yes. Where? Chicago. <laughs> oh, awesome. We're going from here to Utah. And hopefully we see you there for Turkey Day. Are you guys going to be around? Yeah, we will be, be around. Okay. Yeah. Ho- hopefully we see you there. And then we come back and go out and do uh, uh, Chicago and all that good stuff. Oh, man, it was such a pleasure. I hope we do get to see you. Yeah, we'll be here. We're having the Turkey Day at our at our house. This episode's going to air Wednesday night, um, the Wednesday right before uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, thanks. It was so great having you uh, here with us, not just because I haven't seen you forever, and I love you. You're my your family. But yes, but uh, your the things you've done in your in your lifetime and things you're still doing um, are insp- inspirational. So uh, for, thank you, both, man. I'm very friends, proud so. of you too. You, you guys both. Uh, and I'm dying to see your kids. Uh, they're probably not even kids anymore, are they? They're not. They're like they, they are. They're adults <laughs> that treat me like I'm a child. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We become the children. And Seventeen. It's true. We do totally become the children. All right. Well, good luck at the at the the match, uh, um, Teresa, and because uh, uh, I imagine she's off to the side there. Uh, thanks, Tom, for, for for joining us, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Have a great okay, rest of the day today. Okay, love and miss you guys, and you love and miss you guys, and we'll see you soon. Take okay. care. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, there we go. We'll get out of here, but that was really nice. And Tom's really good at um, giving uh, explanation about what you know the, yeah. his answer. He's always been really good at that. And, no, he's he's a great person. Uh, do you have anything else? Nope. I wasn't gonna go. Um, Happy Thanksgiving to those who are in America. I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. Goodbye. That's it from us here. Thanks to Tommy. Yeah, thanks. I was. I mean, growing up, his name was Tommy, so I don't. I know. I call him Tommy. Yeah, but I, then I don't know if, like, you know, like some people when they were growing up, their name was Sammy. But then as they get older, they feel like, oh, that people are calling me Sammy. My name's Sam. I'm I'm not a little kid anymore. I still call Sam Sammy. I'm just saying, dude. Does that happen? Is it now Thomas, or is or is? It just depends on the person and their personality. Because yeah. we know one friend who was like, I am no longer this, I am now this. And it was very much to do with that, like, I am no longer that's a little kid's, that's a... Richie, I am Richard. Yeah, it was very much that. That's what I'm wondering. Is that, does that happen? Is that normal? I mean, not normal, but... You have more, you have more friends than I do. That's just not a good question. And none of this is making any sense to anyone as they're listening. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're getting out of here. Artbytie.com, DOD45.com. You'll hear it at the end. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, you know what I do need to say? There are some, some episodes coming up. Taryn Manning um, is an episode coming up. Um, uh, Lisa Wallen's an episode coming up. Our next episode is. Um, uh, mugs and pockets that's coming up and um, there we have a, we're going to have a whole bunch of different uh, things outside of the hip hop world so that's probably good for some people and not so good for other people alright we're out of here thanks for joining us
We out here. Peace. Thank you for joining in on yet another episode of the DoD 45 show. Please hit the subscribe or follow button so that you never miss an episode. You can even go one step further by leaving us a review on the YouTube stream or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you stream our show from. You can find me at Art by Ty on all the socials or at artbytai.com. And if you'd like to follow the DoD 45 show on social media, we're at DoD45W on Instagram, or you can go over to our website at DoD45.com where you can shoot us an email, join our mailing list, and watch all of our past episodes. Consider joining us for a live chat on the YouTube premieres of episodes every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Peace.